Blog Talk Radio. Beatles fans. I'm Jennifer Vanderslice and welcome to episode 11 of I Saw the Beatles. Each week we bring you another Beatles fan who got the opportunity or should I say privilege of seeing the Beatles live and in concert. And this week we have a very special guest by the name of Mike Harper. Mike got to see the Beatles at Crosley Field in Cincinnati in August of 1966. And just like a former guest, uh, we've, you know, we've talked about this show. It was the show that was rained out um, after the first opening, all the opening acts went on and then, you know, it was pouring rain and they decided it was just too much of a risk for the Beatles to go on. So they brought them back the next day and then the Beatles went on, flew on and went to St. Louis did the second show that same day on August 21st, but Mike was there for that show, and he ha- there's an interesting spin to uh, to his uh, life and uh, the Beatles, and let's talk to him now. Hi, Mike. Hey, Jen. It's so good to talk to you. I'm very excited to be here. Oh. I'm so excited to have you and to ask you all these questions. I get to hear little bits and pieces of your story, but, you know, being able to actually now ask you the questions I want to ask you. So let's start right in. And why don't you tell us about, you know, what happened and how you got your tickets and who you were with and the whole story of, you know, being eight years old and, and going to see the Beatles. Yeah, eight years old. It's almost like I I want to say that I'm probably one of the youngest people to have seen the Beatles because there was an August of 66 and their very last show was the following week. Little did we know at the time that it was going to be their last show, but I was only eight and I, I had a chance to go with my older siblings, my uh, two brothers who were uh, 19 and 17 and my sister who was 15 were going and my brother's girlfriend and I asked my mom to make them take me. <laughs> because, uh, when, <laughs> they appreciated the Beatles, that. <laughs> yeah. And and my my mom was uh, she had a tendency to let me have my way, and to much to my siblings' chagrin, she made, she made them <laughs> take me. And uh, I have a feeling my sister, who was 15, uh, was probably left in charge of me. I don't remember the dynamics exact of that exactly, but. You know, when the Beatles came out in '64 uh, on the Ed Sullivan Show, I was there watching it with them, and I became a quick fan. And I had two years to really gain a lot of momentum as a Beatle freak. And so, by the time I had a chance to see them, I thought, well, you know, I got to go. You got to let me go. And sure enough, they did. And I, and it's been like a badge I get to wear ever since. You got to see the Beatles? Well, yeah. I was a little kid, but I was there, and I remember it. Yeah, so um, so did being eight eight year olds don't quite understand the dynamic of you know dressing dressing for the occasion or you know the girls who do their hair and I'm sure that just watching the older siblings getting ready to go and their excitement <laughs> was was it a different experience for you? Were you kind of watching them and being like, really, you know? I, I was up. watching them. 
in a number of ways. Yeah, they were kind of the people, the ones I looked up to. I wanted to be like them in many ways. And I can remember in second grade, I started to comb my hair down on my forehead because that's the way the Beatles did it. And uh, also, my mom was, uh, she worked in a clothing store. And so I was able to get, you know, basically some of the trendier fashions. So I was able to get clothes that I thought looked cooler and things like that. So I was, I was really trying to emulate them as much as I could. Now, I don't remember what I wore that day. My, my feeling is it was a hot summer day, that first scheduled mm-hmm. day. Um, I probably just wore shorts and, you know, some t-shirt or something, but, uh, in terms of just wanting to be like the Beatles and anybody cool like that, that was certainly a factor Mm-hmm. <laughs> in 1966. So, so how was it being there in the rain, watching those opening acts, wondering whether or not, I mean, was there any any idea that the Beatles, did you have any in, inclination that the Beatles were not going to come on during the whole thing? Well, certainly you- after, yeah, I mean, after, after, you know, the, the opening acts, uh, uh, Heb, what was his name, the, uh, who sang Sonny, uh, was it Bobby Hebb and the Circle? They were, I remember hearing them, and and then hearing that the the Beatles weren't coming on. I uh, was like, you know, oh no, what are we going to do? And then finding out that that you could get tickets for the, the following day. Well, we were never in any danger, at least not imminently, that we weren't going to be able to come back because we lived within a few miles of the stadium, and uh, it was not a problem for us. But it hadn't occurred to me until talking to you a little bit and, and reading a little bit about it, that, yeah, certainly a lot of folks weren't able to come back, so that must have been a blow for them. But uh, it was yeah, a hot summer day that Sunday afternoon. It was yeah, talking about, well, I, yeah, talking about I got to see the opening acts for the Beatles just doesn't play out well now. <laughs> for those, yeah. For those yeah. Who didn't yeah. Get to see. <laughs> That's yeah. real nice. Well, I, was, I was there. I got to see the opening acts. I into yeah. the like I almost got I almost won the lottery, kind of the same thing, yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so so um so you did get to see the Beatles the next day and you got to tag along for a second day. <laughs> yes, I can't believe it. <laughs> I don't think so I could have made it a third day. That <laughs> yeah. Again, mom, we have to take him again. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> so so what do you remember about the Beatles that day? Well, I, I remember that it, the opening song was rock and roll music, and I do remember that it was just so loud. Of course, I was expecting it. I knew that's, I knew that's how it played out, and I just thought that was the way concerts were supposed to be. You just the girls screamed loud, and it was just, uh, you know, we didn't have anything to compare it to. We just thought that's the way it was. You could hardly, hardly hear them, and it was like any time they would say anything between songs. They would say hello, and it would just the screams would return. And so, at eight years old, looking, did you scream? I think I probably did, you know, because I just wanted to be like everybody else, and it really was an electricity. There was a lot yeah. of uh, excitement in the air, and you know, I I just wanted to be a part of it and and soak it all up as much as my little brain could imagine. I just uh, again didn't have anything to compare it to. I didn't realize. I guess I really right. didn't realize. That, just how big an event this was. I just knew I wanted to be there, and I was glad I was. 
Yeah, see, I ask everybody if they if they scream, whether they're a male, female, if they were older, younger, you know, because some people say, no, I didn't scream, and I'm just like, you know, who were the screamers, and who were the people like, no, I, I just couldn't bring myself to do it, you know? Um, <laughs> I, yeah, I do remember observing a lot of it, though, watching and just kind of in awe of everyone's reaction, and just kind of watching and just trying to soak up looking at them more than anything, and saying, wow, I can't believe that's really John, or you know, that's, that's really Ringo, you know, that that was the the most overwhelming part of it, I think. Mm-hmm. So, um, so what my listeners may notice is that Mike Harper has an incredibly... Uh, radio-friendly voice, and that's because uh, Mike is a DJ at a radio station in Texas. Uh, Mike, what's the station? What's the call letters? It's it's KZNE. It's a non-commercial Christian radio station in Tyler, Texas. It's in northeast Texas. And I find this interesting that he was at this show in August of 1966, um, just five months after... John Lennon had made his infamous statement of the Beatles being bigger than Jesus. And now Mike is yeah. uh, is now a, a radio personality. I'm sorry, I keep calling you DJ. I don't know if they call you guys. <laughs> yeah, people, are, people know what that is, so it's, yeah. that's it. it's all good. It's for us older folks. We, like, we, we can't get past DJ. <laughs> um, <laughs> we So... You know, considering, you know, I don't know how you were brought up or your family, um, you know, how religiously your family was brought up, but it is interesting that you would go into a Christian radio, Christian radio, um, being a huge Beatles fan, and looking back on the fact that he had made that statement, were you aware when you were eight years old of him saying that? I remember, I remember the headline, and I think the actual article was written or maybe released, like you said, a few months earlier, but I think it really hit things really started to uh, kick in that month or maybe a month or a few weeks prior to this concert. And so it was hot news at the time. And I can remember my friends uh, jumping on that. Oh my gosh, I can't believe he said this bandwagon because just on surface value, it does look really bad. John Glennon said Beatles are more popular than Jesus. And I didn't know anything about Jesus per se at that time. And, but I thought, well, yeah, but he really shouldn't have said that. Of course. And after, afterwards and context and looking back you realize he was really just saying it out of lament he really wasn't trying to say it in a bragging way he was he was saying i can't believe this is you know the the church has just gone downhill and and people love things like the beatles more now than they they like uh, organized religion but of course it was taken out of context yeah, and the fact that you were all there on a Sunday at a concert yeah. instead of being at church. I yeah, guess, all those things guess, are lining up, right? Yeah, yeah putting it all together, now, you know, you and all your siblings. So your household was not – you were not um, a, a churchgoer per se. Every Sunday your family, your parents and everything didn't didn't take you to church. So it wasn't – you weren't highly religious. I mean this wasn't something that your parents looked at and said, oh, my God, no, you can't go see that band. Do you know – Not really. It wasn't, yeah, it wasn't we, we did. We were occasional, uh, occasional churchgoers. My grandparents probably had the biggest influence there, so we did go uh, from, t- uh, you know, not every week. So I had a, a little background there, but not enough to where uh, my parents were forbidding it, or uh, it, it wasn't as big a factor then uh, as it might have been today, I suppose. But yeah, uh, it was much later in life that I actually uh, 
became a, a person of faith, so to speak, to where I mm-hmm. became a believer in Jesus and and a, a regular practicing uh, Christian that mm-hmm. uh, I have tried to be today. So mm-hmm. it was it was a different era for sure. But I I certainly recognized uh, the controversy at the time and. Uh, you know, again, at a, such a young age, I I didn't realize the impact that it would uh, ultimately have on John's life. Right. So you know, Cincinnati. It's Cincinnati is. I'm, I you never know. I was born in Ohio. Okay, but Cincinnati <laughs> is. I was born in Columbus, but Cincinnati is down in the southwest corner, right? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. Is is it on the Ohio River? Yes, it's right on the Ohio River and right over the uh, Crosley okay, so Field. You're right, over the, you're right over the you're right over the border from Kentucky. So, um my yes. family, my my mother's family came from Kentucky and um so it's a huge Baptist uh uh family. Families Baptist families come usually a lot of um, how am I why am I having trouble with this? Baptist was a huge religion in Kentucky. And that's why I'm wondering where's yeah. your family? We were not of a Baptist background. Uh, there was also a lot, at least in Cincinnati, a, a great Catholic background that comes from that area as well. We were not Catholic. We, when we went to church, it was a Methodist church, and uh, mm-hmm. but we certainly knew a lot of, of Catholic families, and that, uh, that because there's a German heritage there as well, and I think mm-hmm. that's where a lot of the beer comes from as well. So there's a good mix for you. But um, yeah, the the Christian influence was was certainly felt uh i just wasn't experiencing it firsthand at that time okay so so um at what point you know so you said later in life you you became a practicing christian um was this before or after you moved to texas this was after i moved to texas and my life had been taken a uh, turn for the worse and i had become addicted to substances and uh, i was in my late 20s and i was married with children and i could see that i was kind of spiraling and a friend of mine came to me and introduced me to a, a saving knowledge of jesus where i could actually ask him into my heart and make that commitment and have that mm-hmm. uh, have that spirit within me uh, 24/7 if i pursued it and so I decided to pursue that and it made all the difference in my life and so you know you might ask well how can you still like the Beatles well because the music's still really good and that's where I wanted to go you know you're you become a Christian um, you know and I guess the you you realize that this at that moment probably and you can reflect back now on what John said and probably yeah. better see the context of it and how, yes. why he said it and how he said it than the uproar that was being caused, you know, uh, right. the 20 years, and in, 20 years prior. Yeah. And in ensuing years, of course, I've read up all uh, about the Beatles. I've got so many books and I've read so much about them. And come to learn that, uh, as I mentioned earlier, he was – he was taken out of context. It really kind of sparked from some DJs, ironically, in the South who were trying to get some attention. They weren't mm-hmm. even stations that played the Beatles. And so uh, they they made this uproar, and it started to spread. And uh, I, I just didn't have any kind of opinion about it at the time. But uh, mm-hmm. looking back on it now, I, I see that he was really just speaking 
uh, out of turn and didn't really know. Didn't re- I mean, I, what he said had some value, but uh, as far as the music of of the Beatles itself, uh, much of very much of it, as you know, is very positive and very love driven. Uh, mm-hmm. There are some exceptions and some lyrics, that maybe that particularly John might have written that may be a little bit dark <laughs> that, I, I, think, that I, I would think, maybe shy away from. But yeah, I think that, I think uh, they the, all wrote. Uh, there's a lot of uh, uh, songs that you know people have said. Well, if you listen to this line, you know, I think they were all doing it early on too. You know, slipping into yeah. little little lines. Even Penny Lane, you know, has its little, you know, it, its little uh, funny. Double entendres and yeah, you know, yeah, double double meanings and things like that. Yeah, um, um, and so, um, but your station now only plays uh, Christian, Christian-based music. Yeah, no Beatles. No, and now uh, sometimes on the morning show, if somebody calls in with a birthday, I'm going to go ahead and play the little instrumental opening to birthday, and play that for them, and say give them a shout out on the radio. Uh, and I'll tell you this, Jen, and that's I what am, I wanted to hear. That's what I wanted to hear, that somehow, some way, you fit the Beatles into I I have managed to do it from time to time in other songs as well. But I, I'm honestly surprised that I haven't gotten more backlash about it because, I, I don't know, maybe 30 years ago when I first started my faith walk, when I started uh, being a, a practicing Christian, uh, there may have been a little bit more outspokenness about uh, secular versus Christian music. But I'm finding that other people like the Beatles' music, too. And the, even uh, artists of today's Christian music have that influence as well because the music is just so creative and so in, inventive and mm-hmm. uh, so unique that it, it has influenced a generation of people who have, who have then in turn influenced another generation of artists. So the musical value stands on its own. Uh, what you do with that music, with the lyrical content and and your intentions with it, you know, that can vary. But um, mm-hmm. uh, the music just holds up. Obviously, look here, here we are, fifty years since the breakup, and we're still talking about them. Yeah, yeah. So um, this has been enlightening. Um, as I said, everybody's got a story to tell, a unique story to tell, and I find your story very, very fascinating. And to hear that, you know, um, hey, you can be an on-air personality of a Christian radio station, still be a huge Beatle fan, know exactly why John said what he said, whether it was a mis- you feel it was a mistake or not. It was, you know, it's a slip. He could have compared them to anything else, you know, yeah. more popular yeah. than chocolate. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, he you could know, have. I, I'd give up chocolate for the rest of my life to go see the Beatles, you know. Um, <laughs> he, um, he said it was wrong, it was taken wrong, and now it's all this. You know, that's what he said. Yeah, I'm sure Switzerland would have, Germany would have had a big, a lot to say if he said it was more popular than chocolate. But <laughs> um, <laughs> they may have had a take on that. Instead of instead of the entire Christian population, you know take it down to the chocolate makers of the world Hershey's revolt you know Um, (laughs) anyway well Mike thank you so much for appearing on my show and um, my pleasure I yeah I hope to hear you someday if I'm ever down around the Texas way Um, but it's a little hot down there and you got hurricanes blowing through and (laughs) yeah a little bit of that. Just about anywhere you go, you're gonna you gotta deal with some sort of 
uh, climate or geographical challenges, uh, you can pick us up on our app. It's at K, uh, 89.5 KVNE. It's, a, it's an easy app to download. You can listen to us anywhere in the world. Great. I do have That's a, awesome. Uh, yeah. Go ahead. I do, uh, if I could have, uh, if you would indulge me, I do have uh, a Facebook page called Beetle Beat. And I also have a blog called MikeHarper.blog. So you can, fi- you can find my drumming book there. I didn't even mention this. I'm a drummer, and I've got a, a drumming book there on my, on my blog as well. So uh, oh, it's called awesome. Dumbing for Drummies. Yeah, I appreciate that <laughs> oh, thank, opportunity. Yeah, no, thank you so much for mentioning it. Um, you know, I, I always encourage, um, you know, my uh, guests to promote anything they're doing or, you know, for you it's the radio station, books, blogs, whatever. You know, uh, drums, and, yeah, and drums. My husband. Yeah, Ringo's the reason. Yeah, he's got he's got a, my husband's got a set of '66 Ludwigs. So really, uh, I've, I've got I've got those too. I think mine are '64. They look like Ringo's. That's the main thing. What color? Yeah. What color? Uh, they're that kind of that black and white pearl uh, pattern thing that Ringo had in the in the, the Ed Sullivan show. Yeah, my husband has. Um, it's not. It's not that, but they're they're black and silver. But it's not yeah. the same pearl. It's a different pearl. Uh-huh. And I, I, I'm blanking offhand, and you know he'll probably be upset with me. But that's that's really fascinating. <laughs> um, we'll to, you know, once we get off air here, we'll have to discuss it. All these Beatles connections. People constantly yep. connect through the Beatles. Thank you so much, Mike. And it was lovely talking to you. You too, Jen. Thank you for the privilege. I enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.